Dry January is over. We're all going back to the liquor cabinet. Here's how to make much better cocktails, part one. Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And apparently, we're going back to that liquor cabinet. Apparently, we are because we want to talk about how to make better cocktails. And we're going to do a two-part series on this. And this first part of the series is all about ingredients and the ingredients and the ingredients for cocktails (laughs) and what those ingredients are and how to use them. And what, you know, people, we should all be working on, <laughs> if you drink, upping your cocktail game. Yeah. And so this is not about, uh, you know, the kind of necessarily alcohol to buy a little bit, but it's not about, you know. We're I mean, not judging what you drink. No. But we are telling you how to make a better drink no matter what you're drinking. And I want to confess to something right up front, that okay. I am not a cocktail guy. So I'm Mark. I'm that half of this team. Bruce is Mr. Cocktail Mixologist. He loves making cocktails. The first book Bruce wrote before we ever were writing books together was a cocktail book. When I met Bruce, oh my gosh, you couldn't have a party that Bruce didn't have specialty drinks ready for every single party. Well, as one does. It was the whole, he was very much a cocktail guy when I met him. And, you know, to me, a cocktail is an ice cube in bourbon. And now we've run out of a mixed drink as far as I'm (laughs) concerned. So that's my mixed drink is an ice cube in bourbon or an uh, an ice cube in gin. But, um, (laughs) But I've gotten better at this cocktail thing because of Bruce and because of some other things. Things in my life. I mean, other people who are really good at this, who I've met along the way as food writers. Anyway, there's a long way away to say these are the things we've learned about how to up the cocktail game. The first thing is the booze. Look, you're drinking it for the booze. So, well, come on. This is not madman. You're not necessarily drinking it for the booze. You're drinking it for the experience of a cocktail and conviviality and friendship and people around. And I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why you're drinking it. You're not. Mm. Okay, but there's a line I've been using for as long as I've been able to drink legally. And that is no amount of fruit juice, tonic water, or anything else you put in your alcohol will make bad booze taste better. Yeah, that's the that is what Bruce always says is no amount of orange juice covers up the taste of terrible vodka or no amount of I don't know cranberry juice covers up the taste of terrible vodka. And you know what? It's true. You don't have to spend mm, you don't have to spend $70 on a bottle of vodka, but maybe you could just push it from 15 to $20 for a bottle of or vodka. Or if you're going for the $5 bottle, mm. go for the $12 bottle. Yeah. I know that's more than double, but think about the enjoyment level. Um, now, let me just say, if you're only drinking to get drunk, if that's your only oh, reason to oh, drink, oh, and sh- I hope it's not. Yeah, that's bad. That's that's the problem with this then, kind of show. Yeah, if that is your reason, then you probably don't care about upping your cocktail game. But if you're listening to this, you do want to up your cocktail game. You thought that was interesting. So the best way to up it is by better booze and that doesn't mean breaking the bank or spending out your retirement funds it just means buying a slightly better brand no in fact i can say and this is an appeal to everybody and i'm going to explain why in a minute but i'm just going to say that um when i i can tell you that for years i thought i didn't like gin i thought i didn't drink gin and i didn't like it and then i discovered brands like the botanist and bar hill and i discovered i do like gin and i really like gin here's my cocktail over ice with a slice of lime and now we're out of my mixed drink (laughs) but okay so i've discovered that i really like it and that had to do with the level of gin that i was drinking which wasn't great 
Jen, you know, I mean, it's just a it's just a fact of life. I I found these gins that were much more uh, um, botanical, much more herbal, much more floral, and suddenly I thought, oh, this is a pretty good thing. Let me say that whether you're drinking gin or vodka or scotch or bourbon or rum, if the main flavor of the alcohol you're getting is burning. <laughs> then you need to up your game a little bit because the main flavor of all these things should not be burning. Now, I'm going to say... I'm what gonna, does burning taste like? I'm going to tell you a story. We had some friends, some longtime friends of Bruce's here one summer. They're quite old now in their 90s, but they were the family that lived across the back fence from where Bruce grew in Queens. And they had a little place up in the country. And so one day they drove over to our place in New England and we sat on the diac and we had drinks. And I had discovered this vodka distilled from apples in the Hudson Valley. It's not apple flavored dough. I mean, yeah. honestly, you drink it and maybe later when you breathe in, you think, did I eat an apple? But that's the level of appleness of this stuff. It's amazing stuff called indigenous. And so I had it, right? Triple distilled. So it was smooth as could be. Great, great, great vodka. Mm-hmm. A great vodka because just this slight hint of apple appleiness what is that word appleiness appellation but, but appala appellaciato <laughs> except a, a, again later after you drunk it otherwise it was smooth clean velvety amazing stuff okay anyway so i was uh, this one of the uh, one of the, the the wife of the couple really liked the vodka so i was like oh i have this great vodka try it she took one taste of it, and the first thing she said is, where's the burn? And she didn't mean that as a compliment. No. She meant, I don't like it. That was her favorite flavor of <laughs> drinking vodka, was burn. So if, look, that's okay if that's your favorite flavor, if that's what you like, then go ahead and drink the cheapest vodka. Oh. But if you're like us and you're looking for a flavor, a nuance that's mm. not just burn, mm. you want to be... Okay, so I, what's the next thing besides I, burn? Wait, wait, I have to say that I didn't know vodka came without the burn. Honestly, I didn't. <laughs> Remember, I had this... I think I've said this on this podcast before. I know I've said it on our YouTube channel, Cooking for Bruce and I had this aunt who drank vodka and 7-Up, and I thought that was the most sophisticated thing I'd ever seen when I was a little kid. And the vodka she drank was burny. And it was not until Bruce and I were teaching on Holland America ships that I discovered the pleasures of Chopin vodka. But once again, what a cocktail for me is Chopin vodka, an ice cube, and a lemon twist. And now we've run out of all that I do. Okay. Okay. So, so now, there you go. So aside from booze, what's the next most important thing if you're upping your cocktail game? Well, if you're going to up your cocktail game, you really need to think about all the other things that go in the booze if you're making cocktail, which is the non-alcoholic ingredients. And this in this is everything from orange juice to tonic it's it's all the mixers that go in and i don't mean the bottle mixers like cosmo mix but i mean the mixers if you're gonna have a weekend party and i realize you're not gonna do this in covid but even if you and your husband or wife or partner or other or the two of you or the three of you or however you do your life whatever that is if you're gonna have a weekend party and you're gonna make what mimosas don't use frozen orange juice from cocktails. Frozen for, orange juice concentrate. For, for, frozen orange juice concentrate for cocktails. Don't do that. Do you, buy, you don't have to squeeze orange no. juice, but at least buy fresh orange juice. Yeah, that'll make that drink so much better. And the same thing, let's say your person likes rum and Coke. That's oh, a good drink, right? Wow. All right, then. Buy now real, we're in college. Buy real Coke. 
don't buy like you know fake brand Coke. Or, I mean, just you can you can afford a can of Coke. If you can afford the rum, you can afford a can of Coke. I, and I, don't put it in Diet Coke. You're already oh, having, I was going to say that you're already Diet having Coke. the rum. Four mm. ounces of Coke is not going to kill you if you're already mm. having the rum. Yeah, unless you have uh, health issues. I know, but I'm, then you shouldn't be drinking the rum. Yeah, no, you really shouldn't be doing any of that. But. Uh, I know it's really uh, you know it, it is my college days of rum and coke and rum and jack I mean uh, coke and jack and all that kind of stuff and um, <laughs> but I'm just it's, talking it's, about the quality yeah, of the mixers no, totally. that you're adding in totally. and that even goes for ginger ale that goes as Mark said for orange juice for grapefruit juice anything you're putting into that let's put it this way you've upped your booze game because you wanted something that was a little more flavorful. Why ruin that now with really bad grapefruit juice? Yeah, I mean, I use a lot, um, and I should say none of this is sponsored by anyone on this podcast. So I use a lot of Fever Tree mixers, Fever Tree tonics, and there's all these different Fever Tree flavors. And I love Fever Tree tonics a lot because they're super herbal, super balmy, but well, also super herbal balmy. But I should also say that I have fed them to people, and just like our old friend who didn't like the vodka without the burn, they didn't like the fever tree. They wanted, you know, cocktails are weird. Uh, People become kind of accustomed to a flavor. I'm weird. People become accustomed to a flavor, and then they just stick with that flavor. We do. We have one couple who comes over, and they love good gin and gin and tonics. But what they like is diet Schweppes tonic. Yeah. So it's, go figure. It's, it's, it, but I, I know. keep that for them because I know that's what they like. I know. it, And I honestly think if you up your, your mixer game, you do a lot well. You know, and it's funny about alcohol. And um, I this is an odd thing to say, but we had friends over this last weekend and we had a social distance little meeting with a, another couple. And uh, we had something to drink. Okay, so we had something to drink. Uh, and I decided I was going to have a gin. I seem to be on a gin thing now. And the husband of this couple looked at me and said, I took you for a brown guy, <laughs> meaning, I guess, bourbon and whiskey and that kind of thing. And it's funny. People get an identity with alcohol that they, they don't. Do. Nobody would say, oh, I take you for a chicken guy. <laughs> You're serving but they do, but they do dog. ask, are you a breast guy or a thigh guy? I guess so, but it's just weird. And my thing is, of course, I am super experimental with food. I've always said that mm, basically I'll eat anything, basically. If, it had, if pa- it had parents, he'll eat it. If it had parents, I'll eat and it. And then he'll eat the parents. Yeah, later. And that even includes, I don't know, ground slugs. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm super experimental, and I go out in every direction all the time because I just want new experiences. That's really the thing with me is I always want new experiences, and I want new things. So upping the cocktail game is one of the ways to find new experiences. Okay, so we talked about the booze. We talked about the mixers that go in with the booze. But before we get to the last thing, I want to remind everybody to please rate this podcast we love ratings good ratings especially and subscribe subscribe to cooking with bruce and mark wherever you get your podcasts from and also check out our youtube channel cooking with bruce and mark we have videos going up every week about air frying dishes instant pot dishes crazy things sweet chili sauce i don't know what else is on there lots of things bread and butter pickles Check out those recipes on our YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And we have a group on Facebook, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. So join us there. Leave us a message. We have lots of conversations going. So do all of that. And now let's talk about what is the last thing. 
And that's ice. Oh. Ice melts into your drink and becomes a major component of your drink. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important. Even if you shake a drink and then serve it up and strain it. Yeah, and serve you've it had up, the ice melt. The ice melt is still in mm-hmm. there. Okay, so let's talk about the first thing, ice melt. If you're doing, um, let's say you're just pouring scotch or the rocks. If you have lots of tiny little ice cubes that came out of your ice machine in your freezer, it's going to melt really fast. It's going to water your drink down fast. The best way, in Mark's and my opinion, to have a drink like that is a large ice cube. And you could buy really cool ice cube trays that make giant cubes and giant spheres. They'll melt more slowly. They're gorgeous. One of them will fill a whole double old-fashioned glass. And they're amazing. So you can up your ice. Shape matters. Look for a large cube tray. And you can honestly up your game this way. And let me also say that if you're using an ice maker, and yes, we do use an ice maker, remember that, or even if you have old trays, which means you're 500,000 years old and you have trays of ice in your freezer, either way, um, let me just say, if the ice has been in your freezer a week, two weeks, three weeks, really don't use it in a cocktail. Oh. Ice gets stale. It does. It gets this stale kind of icky taste to it. So if you're going to have cocktails, nice cocktails, use fresh ice. It's much better in the drink. In other words, make a tray the day before. Or, you know, this is listen, this is what we do. We have an ice maker in the side of our freezer. And every once in a while, we just dump the whole thing out and start again, just for the sake of stale ice at the bottom of it. That ice that's going to come out of the chute, out of the door of the refrigerator, has been sitting in that container sometimes two and three weeks. And now let me also say, why do we use the ice that comes out of our ice maker or freezer? Because we are on well water living Mm. in the country, and Mm. we have basically, we drink Evian. What comes out of our ground is like the best mineral water you could get. If you live in a city, your water is going to be chlorinated and fluoridated, and it's going to have a lot of off flavors. Our recommendation is not to use the ice that comes out of your ice maker if you live in a city and are on town water. But But instead... Buy yourself some old-fashioned ice cube trays or the nice big cubes Act or spheres. Like five million years old. And just buy some bottled water. And it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to go look for badois or... <laughs> Volvic. You can use Pellegrino. You can even use the CVS brand spring water. Yeah. As long as there's no chlorine. That's the thing. I, mean, I didn't know this really. Honestly, it never really occurred to me. But uh, we moved up to New England 14 years ago out of New York City and live in very rural New England. And as Bruce says, live on a well. And now when I go into cities, like when I go to Boston or even uh, New York or any place, and I drink the tap water in a restaurant, uh, Bruce and I always say it feels like we're drinking a pool. We've been resensitized <laughs> to chlorine. So yeah. It's like, and ugh. wow, it really tastes of chlorine. And uh, I, you know, honestly, if you live in a city and you want to up your cocktail game, as Bruce says, use bottled water for ice. It makes better ice. Okay, so that's it. That's our that's our three points on better ingredients to make better cocktails. How to up your cocktail game, part one. We will be back next week with part two, which is not necessarily about ingredients, but about other things. In the meantime, subscribe to this podcast. We'd love to have you back. And we'll look for you next week on Cooking with Bruce and Mark. <laughs>